0: It's Tuesday, January 26th. Welcome to Market Foolery. I'm Chris Hill with me today from the Great White North. It's Jim Gillies. Good to see you, my friend. Good to be seen, Chris. And uh, yeah, it really is a Great White North this morning. It's uh, hard to see across the street from where I am. We're going to talk about GameStop today. We have a new partnership we're going to discuss, but we are going to start with Minnesota Mining and Manufacturing better known as 3m which 3m is wrapping up the fiscal year in style fourth quarter profits came in higher than expected shares are up 3 to 4% today although that makes shares of 3m flat for the past 12 months and mm-hmm. considering they make respirators and n95 masks among other things i kind of thought they'd be doing better at this point
1: well, so 3M, which is uh, a long favorite company of mine, just to kind of stake my uh, where I sit. I don't own it presently, unless you count via index funds. Um, but uh, 3M is more than just N95 masks or other masks or things that will have profited from, uh, from uh, COVID and the pandemic. Um, they uh, they got something like forty core technologies that they deploy into like tens of thousands of products. So like there's abrasives. Uh, one of my favorite examples is they have an adhesives division, and so you hear of adhesives. Well, that that makes the the sticky stuff on the back of the iconic Post-it note, right? That that that's a product of their adhesives technology division. But adhesives also produces certain products that are basically. Um, uh, they're basically strong enough to meld parts together that go into aircraft structures. So it's the same basic core technology, but two very different outcomes. And I'm always like, well, I hope they don't mix those two up. I, I don't really care if my Post-it notes don't work terribly, but I, I do care if my uh, if my aircraft parts stay together. Um, so, but uh, no, yeah, it was it, look, it was a perfectly acceptable quarter. You know, revenues up about five six percent, depending on how you want to measure it in terms of uh, uh, do you take it in reported currency or do you breaking it in the local currencies, stuff that interests only financial wonks, frankly. Um, did about $2 billion, just over $2 billion in free cash flow for the quarter, full year, did about $6.7 uh, billion in free cash flow, uh, returned about $3.8 of that to you via dividends and share buybacks, which is a little lower than uh, they've done historically, uh, the buyback that is. Uh, but. You know, given the pandemic, I think it's prudent that they've husbanded some of that cash. Uh, they reduced their debt by about 7%, I believe. Their net debt, so that's debt less cash on hand, that got reduced by almost a quarter. Uh, they say, hey, we expect about 5-8% sales growth next year, uh, $9.20 and twenty cents and nine seventy in EPS. Right now, they're trading at about 20 times trailing EPS. This is a solid company, this is a solid report. They are the bluest of the blue chips. They're just not going to make you rich. They're going to, you know, they're going to go up at you know five to ten percent a year capital and capital appreciation, and you'll you'll get the dividend. And um, if you like some bedrock stocks, uh, widows and orphans style stocks, three M is for you. Buy it, and put
0: it away. Real quick before we move on, you mentioned the guidance. It was a little bit higher than uh, Wall Street analysts had penciled in for twenty twenty one. Reasonable to expect that instead of being flat over the next 12 months, we can see some appreciation in 3M?
1: I think so. I think so. I, everything, of course, is contingent on how does the pandemic uh, slake off or slough off. Like, are are we done? Is there, I mean, because uh, where I am, we're kind of back in a lockdown it's similar to what we were last spring. Um, you know, and so hopefully this is the last gasp, but hopefully the vaccine efforts do largely kind of push the pandemic finally off the headlines. I don't know about you, but I'm enjoying the my you own know, day three hundred and ten of the fifteen days that we were originally told this is gonna take to flatten the curve um so you know I mean I, th- I think I think we're all done with this and so if we truly are done uh, maybe as we head into the summer, then yeah, I think uh, performance I think there's a lot of money you know looking for a home and A lot of people looking to do a lot of activities, and I think economic activity will follow the
0: the subsidence of the pandemic. So, yeah, I think it's reasonable. Shares of Beyond Meat up 20% this morning after the company announced a joint venture with Pepsi. Financial terms were not disclosed, but Pepsi and Beyond Meat are going to be teaming up to make plant-based snacks and drinks, and that news was enough to make some short sellers head for the exits
1: yeah um, maybe I'm dense yeah, probably um, no no comments from the peanut gallery out there uh, but sugar is derived from plants oh right right and, and corn chips are also plants oh and, and Quaker oats come from. Yeah,
0: I'm sensing a trend here.
1: Yeah, you said, that. look, Pepsi doesn't, PepsiCo doesn't have, you know, they're in their snack line. You know, there's not a lot of uh, meat-based products there. I mean, like the only one I, th- I can think of off the top of my head is they have the beef jerky line under the brand Matador. Um, you know, and okay, I mean, okay, so the 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 diet purists will probably say, well, Jim, they're not looking for vegetarian uh, or like, you know, it, we're not talking about meat, but we're talking about a vegan product. Uh, so you know what what is the what is the market opportunity for say vegan based Doritos um, because frankly PepsiCo already is plant-based um, you know and look and I, I mean I, I I have a teen boy living with me who's probably about 50% Doritos by weight uh, you know and he doesn't uh, you know, he, he's not looking for a vegan option. There's supposedly cheese and buttermilk and whey protein in, in your Doritos, uh, so I'm guessing that uh, what Pepsi and and Beyond Meat are going to try to do is push things in a in a, a vegetarian or I'm sorry a vegan aim, which, which is good. I mean, I, I'm I'm not uh, I'm being a little snarky, but I you know I think that um, the less uh, the, the more you can take down some of the harmful aspects of animal-based husbandry and, and, and eating. Uh, it's good, you know, on, on balance. Not everyone has to be a vegan or a vegetarian, but I think, you know, the less meat thing is good. Um, but, you know, I, 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 as I look at this deal, my, my read is, you know, like, yeah, Pepsi is already plant-based, is kind of what my point was. Um, but customers don't associate them with that. And so, I think they're kind of, I look at this as, I think it's a mutually beneficial deal, right? You know, you've got Pepsi going, we're getting the halo of the perception of Beyond Meat as greener or healthier, uh, it's not Fools, uh, Beyond Burgers are basically a pea protein and a vegetable oil matrix, they're good, but, you know, they're this is not health food. Um, but I think Pepsi's looking to get the halo effect of of being perceived as I've described greener, healthier, plant based. And I think Beyond Meat is getting more distribution and contacts. Uh, you know, and I because I've held for a long time that this plant based space there's not a lot new here. You know, there's multiple choices for these next generation vegetarian burgers that taste like meat. You know, you've got Beyond, you've got Impossible, you've got Lightlife here in Canada. Um, it's not. Patent protection or novelty that wins the day—it's the land grab in the grocery store. You know, it's much like you know Coke and Pepsi. You go to your grocery store, you got Coke and Pepsi on the shelves, and then what? So you're gonna go to the grocery store, you got Beyond and Impossible on the stores, and then what? You know, and 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 so I think they both get something out of that here, and and good for them. Uh, again, I'm just not too sure of the market potential for vegan Doritos.
0: Neither am I, but you hit on uh, you know one of the keys here, which is that distribution pipeline that Pepsi has. Um, And, you know, for for all the times we've said on this show about Domino's, this is a tech company, it's all about the app, I mean, Mm -hmm. it's the same thing with with Coca-Cola and especially with Pepsi. You know, these are distribution companies. And so, I understand the short sellers out there who have looked at this deal, even though financial terms are not disclosed, and saying, thank you very much, check please, I'm out. Because whatever you think of Pepsi, they have a lot of cash. (laughs) Yeah they have a well, lot of like cash Pussy,
1: actually again Pepsi kinda of right, fits but in the 3m category right like
0: they're they're a bedrock Right, but I mean that in some ways the fact that financial terms are not disclosed makes this even more ominous for anyone who's betting against Beyond Meat because Pepsi's mm-hmm. got a lot of cash and as you said, uh, do they need to do this deal? Need is probably too strong a word, but uh, they they are getting some benefits out of as you said the halo effect of Beyond Meat. I'm curious to see where this joint venture goes, but in terms of the short sellers, again, I, I totally get why someone would say I'm I'm done betting against Beyond Meat.
1: Yep. And it and it's not a great it's not a great environment for short sellers right now in general, which I think is gonna dovetail nicely to the next topic.
0: I was gonna say speaking <laughs> of short sellers speaking of short sellers <laughs> let's talk about GameStop. Because shares of GameStop at this point are up let's just ballpark four hundred percent this year. Not in the mm-hmm. past year. In this calendar year, shares of GameStop are up 400 percent because we have this escalating war between, on one side, hedge funds that are shorting the stock, and on the other side, to to some degree, maybe to a large degree, people from the Reddit group Wall Street Bets, who. Reportedly, are going through the list that is widely available of the most shorted stocks on Wall Street and saying, "We can make a quick buck here by driving this stock up." Um, you know, we, we've talked a couple of times on this show um, about the most recent results in terms of holiday sales for GameStop were good. They've got uh, the founder of Chewy on the board. They've got some activists in there. So you know, even if. Uh, you didn't have this group in Reddit uh, trying to run this stock up and and make a a short-term buck off of this. There's reason for optimism with GameStop, but you put it all together and you have one of the more entertaining things uh, in in the past year or so. Um, I, I say this as someone who does not own GameStop, Gamestop, I have no plans to buy it, I have no plans to short it, I'm just sitting here with my bucket of popcorn, curious to see how all of this plays out.
1: Yeah, well, as I said before we started taping, as someone who was recommending this stock internally at $5, um, I feel very seen, very, I feel very heard, uh, I am uh, greatly enjoying this, um, but that said, this thesis is now very different than the one that I was using to back up my five dollar, seven nine dollar thesis.
0: The, this is, the thesis at eighty seven dollars a share is different. You're saying? It's slightly different, yes.
1: Um, and look, God bless the Wall Street bets crowd. Um, this has, as you say, it's been very entertaining. What they and and, and I I'll even go back. I'll. GameStop was an idiotic short, and anybody, any of these, cap, any of these funds who have shorted them, um, I, I question your analytical capabilities. I'll put it out there, uh, because you had more cash than debt. You had a greatly misunderstood uh, thesis. I mean, Andrew left from Citron Research. I'll put the. Air quotes up there um, came out, and, and 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 he tried to take it down before he ran away in less than forty eight hours, um, and they they put a literally Andrew left last week brought out trotted out the the tired old wrong argument that this was the next blockbuster, proving that you know you never cracked open the filings for how bad blockbuster was at the end. Uh, I did. It's not. Um, so, you know, that I'll put that out there. But, you know, these these guys uh, they were short and and there were more shares shorted of GameStop than exist of GameStop, which is what's called naked shorting. And that that's a dangerous position to be in. Uh, you know, you you know because if you let's say rather than what's happened with the Wall Street Bets crowd, although you're you're sort of seeing this now. Um, let's say that GameStop was acquired by Ryan Cohen at say $30 when the stock was five um, how do all of the shorts close their position simultaneously if there are more shares short than actually exist that would have been a very inter- that would have been more entertaining than what we've actually seen actually I think um, but you know look there was there, there there's there's uh, Talk that certain hedge funds, Melvin Capital, uh, were aggressively short a basket of the most shorted names out in the market, including GameStop. They've had to go get new money within the last 24 hours. Uh, Citron Research, as I said, got wailed on uh, and gave up their nonsense in less than 48 hours. Good, because frankly, uh, I find that their business model uh, I, I, I find their ethics of their business model dubious. Um, but you know what this is at its core is what is what has come to be called colloquially as a gamma squeeze, and I apologize in advance, Chris. We're we're going to have to walk down into the the the, the terrible uh, angle of calculus and options math. Uh, all okay. right, just be I, gentle. I, I'm, sorry. And make, I'll, I'm be, sorry. Be gentle
0: yeah. and make it quick
1: look basically gamma uh, so so uh, options have uh, various they' are called the Greeks okay and it basically it's you know how does the options price change with regards to a certain underlying thing so the first thing is called Delta it's the first derivative of an options price vis-a-vis the stock price rate of change is what basically Delta uh, and then gamma is the second derivative or it's the first derivative of Delta the long and short of it is is that as you know basically, you can provoke what's called a gamma squeeze by buying near-term, at-or-out-of-the-money call options from a market maker. And a market maker is not in the business of selling short calls on GameStop which have unlimited loss to the downside. They're in the business of making a market, hence the name Market Maker. So, what they do is they take the proceeds from you, because you bought the calls, you've given them money, and they go out and hedge that position. Uh, there's a concept called put-call parity, it's a little more complicated than this. But basically, the basic gist is they go out and buy shares to offset that position. Okay, So, they're short, the calls, they're long. The stock, that's that amounts to buying pressure. If everyone on mass from Wall Street is buying calls on this thing on mass, then the market makers on mass are buying stock, which drives the price up. And the shorts either get dragged along and start getting margin calls and have to get extra money. high there, Melvin Capital. Or they're going to start closing their positions. But either way, you can spark a fairly short-term but fairly rapid rise in the stock price. The trick is going to be how much money does the Wall Street Bets crowd have, and how long do they think they're gonna do this? Because at some point the music will end, and you don't wanna be the the guy standing up when the music ends in this game of musical chairs, because as fast as it's gone up, and I know the Wall Street Bets crowd gonna praise you for what you've done, but you know, this this can work the other direction. And if you guys are buying all these calls, you know, at GameStop at $150 a share, uh, they're going to lose rapid value uh, when this thing turns over. So, you know, have fun with the speculation, that's what it is, it's speculation, it's not investing,
0: but it's been fun to, fun to watch, fun to see. And last thing, as you and I were chatting before we started recording, if if you're making a quick buck off of this, that's great. Just remember, your tax rate will vary. (laughs) And by vary, I mean, uh, people who invest for the long-term pay lower taxes. People who make a quick buck on GameStop, that's great. Uh, Now, Uncle Sam uh, would like the 35% cut, please. Yeah, the tax man cometh. And look, uh, there are
1: stories of certain people on Wall Street bets turning 50-60 grand into eight figures, Um, you know, I'm good sure they're them. all
0: true. I'm
1: sure well, every one of those uh, stories is true. <laughs> that the one I'm referencing actually has uh, they provide at least some 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 snippets from their portfolio and and God bless them. I mean good for them. Um, but yeah, just you know just 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 be aware it's it's this can go the opposite direction and yeah, as long as you pay your taxes, enjoy enjoy your uh, the fruits of your um, shall we say
0: aggressive bet. Somewhere, Joey Roman is smiling. Jim Gillies, <laughs> always good talking to you. Thanks for being here. Thank you. As always, people on the program may have interest in the stocks they talk about, and the Motley Fool may have formal recommendations for or against. So don't buy or sell stocks based solely on what you care. That's going to do it for this edition of Market Foolery. The show's mixed by Dan Boyd. I'm Chris Hill. Thanks for listening. We'll see you tomorrow.